0: achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Oh my goodness. Once again, I am, I'm, I'm just excited to be in a position to do this show called Bigger Than Me with women that are bigger than me. <laughs> and what I'm really excited about is today is International Women's Day. Uh, yes. And I have international women here with me, but what we're going to talk about today is we have elders of distinction with us, elders in our community, elders of distinction, who are going to share their lessons learned, their success strategies in life on a number of different topics. I'm so excited. So we're going to do introductions first, and I know one of the things I said to each of you, and I love you all, but one of the things I said to each of you is, I love that you've each lived a life on purpose. You've done amazing things. So just introduce yourself to the audience real quick and how you've lived your life on purpose. So say your
1: name, who you are, and how you've lived your life on purpose. We'll start Uh with you. My name is Dawn Mason and, um, former state representative, uh, in Seattle, Washington. And I, um, have lived my life on purpose through intent, uh, Everything I do is done with intent, with a purpose. How does this get me, every decision, how does this get me to where I want to go? Mm. And where I want to go is to, at the end of this life, having uh, got over the hurdles that have been placed in front of me, Mm. and been able to pass the baton on to the next one. That's my purpose. I, I love that. I love that. We'll come. We'll, obviously, we, we, we only
0: have an hour. This is going to be the fastest hour of my life because there's so much I want to pull out of you, and each of you have really imba- impacted my life in a number of different ways. So we have another elder yeah. in this community. Miss Kibibi, tell us your name, who you are, what's your claim to fame, okay. <laughs> and how you've lived your life on purpose. My name is Kibibi
2: Monet. Pull the mic a little bit towards you. Surely. Perfect. Sorry about that. Kibibi Monet, I am the executive director of new Black Arts West Theater. It is the eldest or oldest African-American theater company in the Pacific Northwest. How purpose? Uh, my purpose was, was when I was born to be, that's what I've always been, which is a leader, uh, an advocate for the, those that aren't strong, a singer, a director in the arts. Um, live your life on purpose, and that's what my creator has always done. And you, you've done some amazing things. We're going to come back to you
0: okay. as well. Some of the amazing people you've seen. I visited her in her home and, and, and just like time I spent in, in your home. Um, I'm just I'm just blessed to be in your presence to be perfectly honest. You know that. You well, know, we're that.
1: blessed to have you. So we remember we have to pay a half somebody to pay. To. <laughs> well, all right, then. <laughs> Thank you. We'll yeah, come, we'll come much back much to you. Now, now,
0: <laughs> last but not least, we have Miss Harriet. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, your claim to fame, and, and why it's so important to live life on
3: purpose. Oh well, My name is Reverend Dr. Harriet Walden, <laughs> uh, and I've been in Seattle for 44 years, uh, and I raised uh, to be a credit to my uh, race, uh, and so that was instilled in me. So I've lived a life of liberation to be able to liberate myself and other people. Uh, and uh, I'm still doing that work of liberation.
0: All right. Now, Miss Liberation, what's the name of the the organization that you founded?
3: Uh, Mother's uh, P- Police Accountability. Uh, this is our 30th year. Uh, and also uh, yeah. I'm on the air here on Mondays at 11.50 a.m. on uh, on Monday's Mother's Justice Show, been on there for six years now.
0: Wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And each of you, each of you have an amazing story to tell. And again, this show is all about, we say, a very, we have a very simple vision. We say, you know, I'm doing this show because part of my purpose in life is to help others to live their dreams. And it's not me, it's not about me, it's so much bigger than me, mm-hmm. right? That's why the show is called Bigger Than Me. And I say, we help real people turn their dreams into reality, we help them turn their hopes. Into how? So today we're gonna we're gonna hear from you on how you've done some of the things you've done. You've raised amazing children, amazing children. You've you've been in a marriage for thirty years, right? Thirty-eight, 38 years, over thirty years, right? But you each have areas of distinction and things that you've done. So We're gonna talk about that. We're just gonna jump right into it. Does, does that work? Sounds right. good. Love it. So one of the things I love about each of you, the book that I, I've written a few books, and one of them, the one we're talking about. Um, in a presentation that I'm doing for high school in a few weeks, it's called loving the journey and living the dream. Mm. And it's the book that I wish I had when I was 16. Right. I just turned 50 this year. Hey, yeah. all right, right? You're welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the, to the big girls club. That's Am I an elder beginning. now? What is it? No, so, no, so no. In practice, in, in practice. In, <laughs> elder in practice. So we were going to have you define when I say we have elders in the building who are going to share their words of wisdom. Some people don't even know what an elder is. So can you, Representative Don Mason, tell us what is an elder? What is an so elder and why is that important and, to our community?
1: In most of our, um, the global majority mm-hmm. um, populations, and global majority are those of the melanated people. We're the majority of the humans in the earth, and then there's the global minority of those who are not melanated Okay. And so the cultures of the um, global majority all... Respect elders. Mm. And uh, you'll never hear them say, I don't like my mother, I don't like my grandmother, I don't speak to my grandmother, my grandmother doesn't like me, my grandfather is, yeah, whatever. So, an elder of distinction represents, um, uh, it, it comes out of actually some work I've been doing with younger people. I work a lot because I bash I badans. Yes. That's what I do. Yes. And so they decided that they wanted to know who they could trust, whose voices they could mm. trust, who they didn't. So about 15 years ago, we created the Elders of Distinction. Mm. Uh, Starting first with Tony Benton was doing a program, and then now I work with White King in Africa Town. So it's out of Africa Town now as we develop that. So an Elder of Distinction has created a legacy mm. that's sustainable. Nice. That will live beyond them. They continue to get up every day and do the work that their purpose says they should be doing. Nice. Uh, it's not an award of giving their flowers while they live there, and they're healthy. So they represent uh, elderhood, be it old and healthy.
2: Mm.
1: And so, or um, not letting elder health keep them from doing. Because mm. when you, you get kind of weak when you get older, but you have to keep going. Mm. So we're setting a model of how to live long, healthy lives. And then... Um, they do pass the baton. So to be an elder distinction, you have to be willing to not have your hands gripped around that baton so hard. They, what I call those old athletic, our hands and just won't let it go. They've let it go. And so, therefore, we can sustain what we have, the legacy we made. And that's an elder. And they're wise. And they're wise. Being old doesn't make you an elder. There's old people and some older people you should not ever listen to. I they love never that. They were They, they were we never again. intelligent. Being
0: old is not the it same not as being an, an elder. elder, a wise elder. No, exactly. To right. your point, We since the beginning so of that's time. That's an elder
1: of distinction. It's a very high. And our, we honor. have a superior elder of distinction, and that's Dr. Maxine Mims, who just turned mm. 92 uh, yes, last Yes, we're definitely going to have her yeah. on the show uh,
0: to talk about and many, many and amazing we all things. try to model her. So she was your mentor.
1: She was everyone's mentor, right? That's she is continues yes. to mentor. He was everyone's mentor, but those who have been any the, any African American or even maybe even whites <laughs> or others who are successful in reaching their purpose, chances are they know Dr. Mims in the either in a primary, secondary, <laughs> tertiary way. Yes,
0: you told me a story about Dr. Mims and Maya Angelou. Yes.
1: They are friends. They were very, very good friends. And um, um, you said there was a phone call about her birthday, birthday party. I'm not
0: gonna
2: tell you her
1: whole story. <laughs> okay. I actually, I used to live with Dr. Mims when I was in legislature. That's how I could become an excellent legislator and do what I had to do. I lived with her, and that was a blessing. And, do, and, they, and Dr. Maya Angelo called one morning, and says, "Mox, is this you?" And I was like, "Who is Anyway, and then the conversation went on but I had a chance to hear her voice at Dr. Maxine Lipsow.
0: I love it. I love it. So what what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about a number of different lessons learned from each of you. So we talked a bit about this concept of being international women's day. Mm -hmm. And you guys were educating me on these various terms and these words, (laughs) things like on international women's day, you had a recent honor. Um, So Mike, I'm gonna have you zoom in, get ready to zoom in on um, is Harriet down there at the end. and and um, tell us about International Women's Day, what it is, and tell us about this honor that you and another female in Seattle was just um, was just bestowed on you.
3: Uh, well, International Women's Day has been a on for a long long time, and it's a, it's a day that honors women around the world, uh, no matter what walk and life they come from. Uh, and uh, actually this is women's month I believe so is. this is uh Absolutely. so that's why uh, and the starting off is the eighth day uh, the eighth day of the month around the world women uh, are on it uh, for the work that they've done and women hold up the sky wasn't for women uh, every day uh, the world would have went to uh, went to so- and so in a basket a long time ago <laughs> and they continue to do that and so the International labor Organization uh, on it uh, came to Seattle and uh, I came uh, chief Carmen Bess and myself uh, was uh, photographed uh, together as uh, women uh, continuing to do uh, the work in coalition together to make to make the city a better place I love
1: that How yeah. oh, wonderful congratulations oh, thank, yes. you. Yeah, thank, thank
0: you, you. yeah thank
3: you. thank you thank you it is
0: a huge honor we're gonna it have we're gonna invite our, our black female uh, police chief yes. on the show as well because be I think a lot of what you do when you when people hear
3: the term um, your show is called The Justice... Mother's Justice Show, and we, our, our goal is to keep the grassroots voice alive not only here, but, uh, but around the country. And so we interview people not only here, but around the country. Tomorrow, my guest is going to be Frances Oliver from Sanford, Florida, right. talking about organizing down there and getting people out to the polls uh, and... Uh, all the stuff that they going on in Florida right Souls now. Souls to the polls. Yeah. We're both from Florida. That's right. That's right. That's why I started listening to your show when you on the uh, on that Saturday because I endear all Florida people. So that's why I listened to your show <laughs> two years before I ever seen you because I listened because you were from Florida. Oh, so, yeah, so that's why I Southern Belle. Yeah, that's right. Rolling up, up here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Your show seems to be attracting last week Tanisha Williams. She's from Florida, and uh, she is. My, my father's family is from. My father was born in Perry, Florida. Oh yeah. well, see, I yeah, love yeah. that. It's yeah. a
0: lot of Florida energy. What 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 I loved about you when you
1: when she said she was a Florida girl and you said you're a how did you describe yourself? Oh, I I was born in New Jersey. Yeah, so I'm in New York. I I grew up outside of Harlem, New York, in northern New Jersey, uh, just across the Hudson River. And I tell people I'm more like a New York Jew than I am a Southern Baptist. <laughs> I'm very New York. I'm very New York has. So I believe that there is ethnic. Racial cultures, but there's also geographic cultures. Mm, totally. And my mother was born in New Jersey. My yes. father was raised in New Jersey, and so I'm very right outside of New York, Hudson County. So we're very, very Pan-Africanist. We're Garveyites. We're, you know, <laughs> Moorish Americans. All those things. The Harlem they brought right, the Harlem right, Residents right. brought out, and so very, very much that. And so that has its own character and personality. So sometimes I, uh, uh, it bumps up against people and things because. They see me as African American, and they expect me to be the wonder of being a Southern. A woman. Southern, and yes. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm different, which we, I have a we, little we, edge to me.
0: We, we, we all are <laughs> fairly a bit edgy, in a good way, in a really in good, good way. Because what I love about each of you is you all talk about. Um, were you gonna say something, Miss Harris? Uh, no, okay, no, I saw, no, I saw no. you lean forward. No, 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 when no, no, a radio lady not. leans forward, I just lean back. Ah, well, My you elder I mean, is about do. to say
3: something. No, 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 no. Okay. i you know, you're the host of the show, and I'm a guest. <laughs> so hey, I'm listen, here. this is all about me here. Yeah. For you, so this is no yeah. turns. It's Anybody wants to me? speak right, it's so, bigger
0: than me, baby. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. So what I also love about you, the thing, you're very different, women, very different in so many ways, but also very similar. So, again, the similarities. This show is all about helping others to achieve their dreams. And I know we talked about energy, positive energy. And 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 when I asked you, we came in, and Mike had this special coronavirus, Corona-19 <laughs> virus protection. We all washed our hands coming in the building. He's wearing gloves, right? So, and when I asked you about that, I was like, hey, let's meet for lunch at Applebee's. And I was like, should we meet at Applebee's? Are you guys okay with that? And I loved your response. You were all like, we're good, stress-free, we're like, we're going to take precautions, but we're not going to tell Never me about you what you said about life and, and your, your, your well, connected I, to the
3: connection to Well what I said uh, is that um, everywhere I go it's holy ground. Mm. And I, you know everywhere I go, there's a blessing for me and there's always an angel for me, so I will not live in fear mm. because I am on holy ground mm-hmm. and I have dominion over whatever they send. Mm. because Creator said we do. Wow. And so that's where I live at. And uh, I'm not going I'm not going to ever get into fear. I mean, I I bring the energy of Harriet Tubman and all of my ancestors.
0: All right now. All right. I love that. Now, Mike, I'm going to have you zoom in on this middle lady, beautiful, Khabibbe. So one of the other things you all have in common is this concept of resilience. Right. And both of them. Both of these beautiful ladies talked about you when I asked them what was the one thing you love most about Kabibi, and you've been impactful in the community. But they mentioned that you have, you want to tell us a little about your journey and how you've continued to persevere despite a number of personal challenges? Well, let me
2: first start by saying Seattle in the house. I'm surrounded by everybody from Florida. So, wait a minute. Oh, oh, you officially. I'm a Seattle girl. Born and raised right here and raised in the project. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, let me see. Your question was. So, just talk talk a little about perseverance. Perseverance. Like, you've gone through a lot. They mentioned you have MS. That is. (laughs) That's multiple sclerosis. I do. Yeah. And. Diagnosed in 2008. But you've not stopped me at all. So, the concept of perseverance and fighting through
0: and grit, they talk about use the term grit in in, in corporate America, but really the concept of when bad things happen, people on a mission keep it moving.
2: Yes, and I've always been a person that if you can't run, you walk. Mm. If you can't walk, you crawl. If you can't crawl, you scoot. If you can't scoot, you get a, a motorbike or whatever. You, know what <laughs> you, you, I mean, you keep it you moving. You keep it moving. You keep going. You know, our Creator has um, blessed us with a lot of things. And when I greet people or cre- people greet me, I always say, when they say, "How are you?" I say, "I am too blessed to be stressed." Mm. Because when I look to my left or my right or or even you know behind me, I can see someone doing, being more challenged mm. than I. So I always, you know, remember that I'm, I'm being blessed every day, and our Creator blessed me to be a blessing. All right. Now, you, you know I love that. That's, that's, that's what so I'm beautiful. here about. That's, uh, the perseverance <laughs> comes from knowing my purpose, knowing why I'm here, and being um, joyful about the fact that God has chosen me to do the things that I do. Don't you, it? so oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't you love
0: it? It's so beautiful. Don't you love it? That's why I love. I mean, I love you, ladies. It was like I found my people, yeah. right? Yeah, you yeah. are my people, oh, right? Yeah, I, and right. when I first met you, you said that I'm. Um, <laughs> you said you recognize that I'm probably too much for many people because you're too much for many people. When yeah. I met you, I was like, oh my god, my people. Like we are <laughs> so much alike.
1: Very much. There's there. lots you're of exactly energy. who I was when. 25 years ago, or our age difference is about 24, 25 years. So when I see you, I just look at you, even your little round face, (laughs) just everything, and your laugh, and your positive attitude, and your accomplishments. And so I was 50 when I went into the legislature. Mm. It was a transitional one. I know you're going to do a show on transition, Mm. and I can't wait to see. I'm going to help you put that show together. You, you she, so We're, we're going to put 50-year-olds together with you. I love it. I love it. I love it because
0: it really has been quite a transformation. Yes. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the last few years, again, leaving corporate America and, and, and coming into what I felt was my own. I think, you know, I've had guests come on and even the uh, Bayonne. We talked right. about the Rainier Valley Leadership Academy last His name week. name is Bayonne. Bayonne. Yeah. Thank you. Bayonne, hello Bayonne <laughs> principal of Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. Yeah. She was here with Tanisha, who's yeah. the vice principal, uh-huh. with you last week. And we were talking about the Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. We were talking about our investment in the community. We also talked about how important it is for us as a community to come together and i know you said y'all have all been in the fight yes. y'all have all been yes. in the y'all y'all you have all been <laughs> oh, yeah. activists in the community for 30 years you've been friends for a long time yeah, that's true
3: that's true right
0: so so let's talk to just real quick what can you share with those who might just be sitting back collecting their paychecks every week but not contributing to the greater good not not you know they need being to jump
3: a, in they need to jump in because the things are coming. Why? Like, Why? Uh, because eventually, I uh, if they don't jump in, it won't be anybody to help them when they uh, mm-hmm. when they need it. I mean, it'd be just like with the German. Uh, uh, a pastor said, when they came for so-and-so, I was one, and I was not one of them. They came for everybody else. And then when they came for me, it was nobody left. Mm. I mean, it, it is uh, life is a spectator. I mean, it's it, I mean, not a spectator. It, uh, it's sport. not a spectator. It, it's a participatory uh, like uh, You're called to participate. And people have been uh, fed uh, some kind of false notion that they can just like like on Facebook or whatever and that they're participating. No, you must get up, and you must get involved. And if not now, if not you, then who? I mean, nobody's coming to save us. We're not going to get raptured out. You know, I mean, really, it is really about us every day. And then we owe it as African-Americans and Negroes and colored people. We owe it to our ancestors. We owe it to the people who actually never had a studio to come in. Mm. Okay, we owe it to the people who never had Gucci shoes. And had a pretty, po- uh, a pretty person, po- uh, those no shoes to match it, like uh, Representative Basin got on. Know. She got on those boots. Uh, <laughs> boots was made for walking. So, uh, so we owe it to them because you know I what, I, <laughs> they they prayed for a better day and they prayed us up. Mm. We are that better day that they prayed for. They knew that they would never see home, never mm. see their child that was stolen, uh, uh, or never see their husband again. But they looked up to the sky, and uh, and they knew one day one day a better day were coming and mm-hmm. we are that better day that they prayed up for and so is the people who home and don't know it and so our challenge is to say come on you know why come on we're going to love you up I mean and mm. uh, as my friend down in Portland said we're going to love you up because love is here and mm. we're going to keep it moving we got something you want to yeah, take that Khabiby
2: well I was thinking you know as you were talking that you know actually I am in touch with that African that didn't jump overboard mm. you know a, a friend of mine said to me once Ooh, I couldn't have made it. I would have jumped or I would have killed myself or something other than what happened in their lives. Mm. Uh, I would have never gone through it. I said, well, baby, you did because Mm. you wouldn't be here to talk about that at all had that DNA, that person, that African in you not jumped. Mm. I went to Africa and they have above certain doors in in, uh, the slave castles, they call them. Something else. door, no return. You hear what I'm saying? Mm. Anyway, over the doorway, they had the doorway mm. of no, no return. return. I walked back through that doorway and I said, you are a lie. I'm mm. back mm. <laughs> because I am back. Wow. We've got to connect with from where we came. Mm. And when we talk about shoulders, standing on shoulders, we're not just talking about uh, Marcus or Martin. Mm-hmm. Or, we're talking about all the way back to the beginning. Those are the shoulders that brought us to where we are now right. mm. that we stand on. That's right, I too. mean, we're learning lessons now that the ancient Africans were teaching the world. Mm. So we're just a continuation of that. So let's stop the separation of that. Let's stop thinking that the word ancestor means something that doesn't, that's not connected to us. Mm. When we say ancestors, we're talking about relatives. All right, those man. are my relatives. I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. And I know Crazy. you have something to say about
0: connectivity and community.
1: So I'd like to say to African Americans mm-hmm. or that are coming here to Seattle, Seattle is not an easy place. It's never been a place that has a large population of African Americans. But they have had um, incredibly wonderful, because we are diversity good as, you know, from all over whether we've become African-Americans, mm. Chicago, Detroit, North, South, um, here we are. And um, we had a rough spot, and we weren't paying attention. We were living so well mm. that we allowed others to take what we had. Mm. But we're rebuilding it. And right. so now it's a time for those who have come. When I came, we were building a community. I came here in 1968, April 22nd, just. You know, about mm-hmm. this time of year, it was so beautiful. I remember, I think it's the rhododendrons and seeing the beautiful mountains That's our that made flower. me, yeah, 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 stay here. Is, yes. And I had just left. Uh, I was a community, working in the community in Newark, New Jersey. We had had a Newark riots in 1967, and I worked for uh, um, an anti-poverty agency, and mm-hmm. we're very much engaged in that. And then the next year, um, in April, uh, Martin Luther King murdered mm. and it was another ride and I said I can't take this and it was an opportunity to come to Seattle and I came to Seattle mm. my father said go home is where you can always come back to but when I came I got immediately I competed for a job and it was kind of it was a management job mm-hmm. and I was only 23 years old and I got the job in fact I have an article they wrote up about me getting this job as a minority employment specialist and I was recruiting for police and firemen and all that and I remember I turned 24 here and and um it was 68, so I turned 23 in that July. There must have been 100 people at my birthday party. So I'm not sure why those who are coming here new aren't meeting people. So they could have their birthday party and it'd be packed. Mm-hmm. We're waiting. We're waiting mm-hmm. for new African Americans. And, and I know they're living in different places. Right. It's a new kind. We used to be all together in the Central District. Right. Well, that's over. We have technology so we don't have to live together. Right. So we can be connected. But you came to the Africa Town event, yes, and everyone came wherever, yeah, from absolutely. all over, about 300 people there. I've given fish fries. People come from all over. What I want to say for those who are newly arrived, come and find your people. Come and find your the people. The Center for Disease Control said that African Americans, and especially African American women, commit suicide less than any other group in the country. Our stats are bad on everything except that. And <laughs> well, so thank God that. For that. And the reasons being is that, number one, what Harriet said, that we have faith in a religion. We have faith that there is someone who can take care of us. The other is that nothing happens to us that is, was not like what Khabibbe said, that was not worse. Mm. What our ancestors came through is worse than mm. anything that we'll ever experience. And, and so, and if we're still here ancestors didn't commit suicide mm. So and also the other reason is the reason us for here is that African American women stick together. Well, you and know, there's always have a we have a support. There's no hurt or harm or pain we could have that there's not another woman who will help us get through that. You, you said that to me when we first connected Tracy early the Tracy did that on. for me. That's its own story.
0: That that that's you you did it for me too. Just just so we're on the same page.
3: What a blessing! What a blessing you are, and that's what's necessary, though. I mean, it's absolutely necessary because really, uh, when black women step up to the leadership, the whole world turns. I mean, really and truly, that there's this anti-blackness that comes out of the closet against black women when they step up to leadership. And one of the things that I have, I, I said publicly that I will never see a black woman get crushed in front of me. In my face, and I don't do anything about That's it. That is exactly right. Mm. I mean, I really and truly. I love you know what never we, ever because you know, you know what I love about this. I'm sorry, no, no, no. I mean, because really and truly, I, I, there's something happens in the world when she when a black woman. It's it's like all this anti-blackness come up that, that she's not qualified. She can, might have five degrees and a PhD on top of that, and then people still that think that she's not qualified. You know, and so how over how qualified do you have to be? When we got somebody like forty-five in the White House, so I mean, you know, and, and well, you so know you got all to, of these women who are doing a great job, and yes. and so so my goal is to always stand up for my daughters.
1: I, I mean that you I, know I, I have I, no I, I have that. no
3: daughters, but you'll never get crushed in front of me uh, uh, in this city, and I know something. But I don't even have to know you, but mm-hmm. if I see you being crushed, I mean I am absolutely. Yes. I will absolutely come and, uh, and and be by your side.
0: I love that. You both, you both have kind of touched on a couple of topics that I thought were really personal for me. Mm-hmm. When you talk about being there for each other and coming together and connecting, I mentioned this before, but what I love about this community is that no matter where you are, no matter what your story is, I talk about corporate America and how we were in a position to talk about challenges that we have in corporate America. And I was in a position to, you know, leading a professional organization. Um, And we did a think tank, National Black MBA Association did a think tank around uh, corporate America and, and, and blacks in corporate America and challenges to advancement. We know what the challenges are. We know about unconscious bias and and unequal performance standards, and similarity bias, and all the things we know about um, l- lack of accountability measures. We know about those things, and what, what the interesting aspect is, we know about them, but we don't tell our stories. Mm. So it wasn't until I mean, I mean, I had I had youth coming to me wanting to commit suicide. So when mm. you said that, that when I think about in the in the last two years that I was at Microsoft. About seven people that I know closely, family members and dear friends, passed away. That's a lot of death, uh-huh. a, lo- a lot of grief, a lot of things. But we don't get to grieve, right? Black, people, black women, we just praise God and keep it moving, right? Like right, celebrations of life and the like. And then when I had youth coming to me, because they were having the experiences that we talked about, that we acknowledge, but no one really tells those stories, I had literally had two individuals, a specific female was the last one, where she, she talked about her experience. You know, Microsoft talks about it. They'll they'll define what it is unconscious bias, right?
3: Race, deep racism.
0: Well, you know, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. At this point, they call it those other things. That's what they call it. And so, you know, unless we're taking action, and, and honestly, when I experienced the same thing, even I didn't know how to act. And that was kind of part of the reason why I. Um, started the show, even though it's on a political show, even though I don't talk about racism, I don't talk about those things. It's only because I couldn't. Honestly, I had my own trauma that I was experiencing. And instead, I said, let's help make the world a better place. Let's focus on making the world a better place. Let's, that's what we do. Right. Is we try to help others. And so at the end, this is just real quick. So just at the end of the day, what I'm saying is part of where I am now is it a better place. Right. To be able to help others. Before right. that happens to them, That's when you right. mentioned the slave ship, swear to God, no lie, I've actually had, in my own mind, I felt like I was, if, what if you were back in the days of slavery and mm. you were a ship's captain and mm. you loved driving ships and you were mm. so excited about opening up trade and then you looked in your cargo hold and someone said, oh, there's slaves down there, and you knew what was going to happen to them. That, that can steal your joy for being a ship's captain. Mm. That was actually what my experience was, honestly, for a period of time. In corporate America, we're like, oh, my God, like, I'm bringing people here from the East Coast to the West Coast. And they're having experiences that are not optimal. And we're talking about them, but we're not changing things. Mm-hmm. So for me, I got to tell you, I had a crisis of, con- a crisis of consciousness, wow. right, and, and had to pause and really, you know. They were making I her think, the I, nurse.
2: I think what's happening, too, though, is that what's missing in our leadership, because, yes, we have been leading, you know, our people a long way, you know, out of harm's way, um, harm's way, but we haven't done it collectively. Yes, we had Harriet Tubman, we had Sojourner Truth, we had all these different leaders, women leaders, but not a, not a force, not where not just you're not just fighting um, one woman, you're fighting all women, or you're fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you're not just fighting, you know, uh, alone. And a lot of our battles, it seems to me, have been individual battles rather and than force of, of, of women. So uh, that I hasn't been different. my
1: experience. I have never been alone. I have never been without other women and even men. I'm, a, like I said, I was raised by a father who was a coach and is always a team. Mm, I was I part of a team always. And I even now remember last week we talk about the collaborative community. I build communities. I've never been alone. No one when mm-hmm. I went into office, it was hundreds of people came to do that. Uh, when I look in the world, I think of uh, Ida B. Wells, and now they're going to actually they've they might just pass the anti lynching bill that she put her life together for. I'm impacted by a woman that I never met who lived years ago. So I have, a, and I, I understand where you're coming from collectively. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, and well, I, I see. I'll, I'll jump too, but I I too. live in a spirit world, mm-hmm. so the collection isn't always um, visible, physical. I actually am very spiritual, mm-hmm. and Harriet is too. So she and I just be mm-hmm. knowing things.
3: Harriet?
1: So. Well, Harriet, one of the things. The the
3: face. Face.
0: I think he wants you to scoot over to the. Left. Okay, perfect.
3: Okay. OK. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things, though, that I for me uh, that I've uh, noticed in, in this town uh, is that uh, a lot of things I was doing. A lot of things that I was doing, I um, I did start out doing it by myself. OK. And then uh, I I, and then what I did is called myself like one of my sons who's running for, for office calls himself a lane maker. Uh, and then I created the lane, and other people followed or came to work with me. I, love I mean, it. and then that's really uh, how it's been for me in Seattle. Well, Harry, you did, knocked
1: on my door. I helped you. quite. Well, quick. I
3: did, but oh. I created the lane, and people did come and help me. I mean, I, I stepped yeah. out, and other people yeah. did come, uh, I love uh, and that, and, and that's really. And then even when I started my my business, I mean, I wanted to replicate community in Seattle that I had in the South. To me, community in the South was somebody always asking me, How are you doing today? Right. How's your family? Mm-hmm. Tell your grandmother I said hello. I created that community everywhere right. I went in my nursing home. So I had a business at Aiden, Aiden Nursing Home. So I created, I've created everything that I needed to make my soul whole in this mm. town. And sometimes it was with people, and sometimes it was with my prayer closet, or sometimes mm. it was just, uh, uh, you know, I've mm. been a New Ager out there in another, you know, in yep. the New Age new, uh, thought religion uh, for 40 years. And so I, I've, I've all, all of my whole goal is always about expanding consciousness every day mm-hmm. how can I be different today how can I think a new thought and how can I go deeper I in that. my spirituality to order to do the work of liberation you have to have for me I have to have a well and I think these three the other two women here talk, talking have a well that they go to Kabibia's a poet in mm-hmm. many things and of course you know the, um, our, our Representative Mason has talked about her well uh, that she goes to so we all have to have a well that we go mm-hmm. to in order to do the work of liberation yeah. mm-hmm. of African American people Negro colored people in America we have to Mm. have that wealth and what I'm so inspired by the younger generation the younger black women are talking about self-care I mean, I'm so in, I mean, I'm so empowered by them. Yes, They're saying yes. self care. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that was not part of our generation. It was not part of yes. my grandmother. It was not part of our generation. And so I'm learning something new from the young people. You know, balance life. You know, you gotta have some <laughs> self care. I love it. You gotta it. take care of yourself and stuff like that and uh, and stuff like that. So I'm really happy to learn something from the new uh, the new women. Uh, uh, not the new women, but the younger women yeah. who are actually doing a lot of the work uh, and from a different perspective. I mean, Black Lives Matters and all these other young women uh you know they they coming along and uh, they they they're in the interjection I, I, doing the work of liberation I, I, uh mama I harriet you must have some self-care i, I love it. Yeah. two two things that i wanted to again you guys are the conversation is so engaging i'm going to pull
0: two things that, that that both of you said you talked about this concept of community yeah. collaborative community and you talked about the importance for us to make a lane and bring people along yeah. with us and so Part of what I know you did with the Rainier Valley Leadership Academy is you created a broad community. And, again, our conversations, we happen to have three elders of distinction here that happen to be black women. But the importance of bringing our community, all of our community together, moving forward on some of these initiatives is so important. So when I think about the Gates Foundation, for example, that stood up, right, to help you all with the work you're doing with Rainier Valley Leadership Academy, And, you know, when you think about the lane that we're in now and the work, you know, there was an article, the article that was in the paper that you mentioned to me about the, the gap, the yes. larger gap that exists <laughs> uh, for our children, for black youth. And it's like, it's shameful. We all It's gotten worse over the last 40 years. And what you said, which I thought was great, is we've been trying to solve the wrong problem. Is Of course. That's why we can't solve it. So and you s-
1: take a surgeon in to fix someone in their... Operating on the wrong part of the body. They didn't even diagnose it right. And the person still has the problem. And for 40 years, we've been trying to solve the wrong problem to shrink the gap between the outcomes of white children and black children in Seattle schools or Washington schools or the country.
0: We're worse in the country.
1: We're here with the richest people in the, in the country.
0: So we're going back to the Gates Foundation. We're going to have an intelligent conversation with those. We know they,
1: we we know have they to stop care. Funding. They have to stop funding what doesn't work. In the documentary with (laughs) Bill Gates, Gates, and he wanted the Gates Foundation and all those that give to it wanted to end polio. And they ended polio almost. But there was a little hot spot in Nigeria. And in the documentary, there's something about the Gates brain or something like that. It was a wonderful documentary about how he thinks. And I remember it said he couldn't sleep because there's this hot spot Mm. of polio was still in Nigeria. He got on a plane and flew to Nigeria. So I knew that there was a problem of something he was funding here in Seattle, and it was the charter schools that Green Dot was running. He was putting a lot of money into mm-hmm. them. And two had failed, and the other one was almost failing. And I couldn't sleep. Mm. So I had to go and check on that. But I couldn't figure out, this is his town. Why could he sleep? And see the failure of education he was funding. I'm sorry, but he couldn't sleep because of polio in Nigeria. And I put it in. I did the work for him. We got some more and work so to do. So I went with over, them. and I went, and then they called me in because of something I had written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, I have their attention because the problem they were they were they were funding the demise of the school. Because the person who's over education for the Gates Foundation, who is Jean-Claude Brizard, Haitian-American, said that it was having Haitian teachers when he went to New York is the reason he is who he is. He wrote that in a Huntington Post article. So if you're over education, why are you letting your organization fund what you said? He said education that's not representative of the students is pretty much dead on arrival. So why are you funding? And that's what that's what the organization, had. right? Education that was all white was all white teachers, which was it was dead on arrival. They were closing. There was a com- It was very conflicting. Mm-hmm. So saying one thing, believing one thing. So that I needed to make them be true. Either you believe that or you don't. Mm, I love it. And they and did. Harris and said, they did. So when yeah. you're raising, yes, we're raising people to work with us. Oh. Mm. Let your yeses be your yeses. I tried. Let your nose be your nose. I tried, and they were kind of confused Especially when you're raising. They, 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 they were. were confused. And what and,
0: and, 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 and what I love about them, let's give them a round of applause because they they did, ended up funding what the
1: correction. They, they did they fund did.
0: the correction, and yes. let me be clear: part ah. of the correction, so okay. they're funding work they're changing the, there's a whole transformation that's happening yes. where well, we brought in new administration yes. at river valley the community of the children they're
1: educating
0: what well, was 97 percent black and, and yes. african and zero uh-huh. percent no black teachers at all in administrators the school. Not right. what,
3: but but this has been this is prodded for the failure of african children across the country okay. absolutely, okay. This, absolutely. Is, this is what right. has happened all over the country and we have allowed this when and integration came week. in, when when integration came in, twenty eight thousand black teachers lost their jobs in the South because they right. so, the, the southern the, the Southerners said they would never allow black teachers in the classroom, and this has escalated all every mm. place across the country. Mm-hmm. And so now you can have black kids go to school forever and never have anyone that look like them. Okay, and never have anybody right. believe in them. Right. Never have anybody that could believe that they're smart because mm-hmm. they teachers come in the classroom with the old narrative that we can't learn that's right. well, and 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 that's the stuff that that you're talking about shifting mm-hmm. but but we have to shift it in a in, in, a, in a in a grand way right i uh, i so that uh all our children will begin to know uh, With all this taxpayers money that's going to all the regular schools right. also to say hey you know what there has to be a shift and and if they didn't have black teachers they can't get black teachers north carolina is a teaching state Every right. year, hundreds of kids, uh, people sure. graduate from North Carolina with a degree in teaching. most of all of the colleges right. in North Carolina, you got teachers that come yeah. out and some of the teachers who came here like the great some of the a lot of teachers who came here 30 years was recruited mm-hmm. from the South, coming from right. they came from North Carolina so, and other places. Um, and they had black teachers. Um, here. So Harry, we good. have
1: something really exciting. you'll meet her one day when you visit the school. Uh, a young teacher, her name is Erica. She's a mother, and she was teaching in Thailand, African-American. Hadn't taught in this country for eight years. She taught in Thailand and Dubai. And she read that we were looking for teachers and um, put in to teach, and brought her over here from Thailand. So we have, um, we do have, we are reaching out across not the country but the world to find teachers for, to be teachers create, to create, to, to create, listen, there's the macro, and that is a problem, and I'll continue to work on. But we need models. And exactly. so we're finally, and laser, we are laser focused on a model that works, a mm-hmm. prototype. Yes. One that yes. we but control. and one that, door that door, No, no, no. We're going to stay No one on opened this it. We opened it. Yes. We, no one will open oh, nothing for us. It one minute, It It didn't because open up didn't work. yet. Work. No, yes. it didn't open up yet. We're opening it. I was just we don't say. have the model yet. That's yes. the collaborated community. Crooms, Croom's Academy
3: got the model out of segregation. It's, it's a model so, somewhere. So okay, ladies, well, so there ladies, is hold, a I model. Uh, about. There
1: is a model, but right now I'm I'm so focused as I, I laser uh-huh. on laser Seattle, problem. on African American children, mm-hmm. on the complexity of our population right here, and, and all and, and these black, black people back. who are bringing blacks into our community. Mm-hmm. And we need to give them something to do to contribute back. We're right. building a new community. We were gentrified. I can't take care of uh, middle Tennessee. I can't take care. I can <laughs> take can care. This no. school actually is right behind my house. It's literally That's in her backyard. I literally. And laser so. focus I have to be to come up with the model collectively you around know. the world. We have a Nigerian over there. We have all Somalis. And we're going to put African-American Africans together. That's the African-American African gathering. I convened starting eight years ago. I have a vision. You're talking about purpose. Every decision I make is toward that intent. And we're going to get there. Well, we we are yeah. going to get there. So real yeah. quick, th- so we got we got literally thirteen
0: minutes left in the show. So we're going to have Bayonne, who's the president, who's the principal of the school, come back in. We got we got some experts from around the country who mm-hmm. are leaning in. We're actually going to invite someone from the Gates Foundation to join us as well mm-hmm. to talk about their investment and why their investment is so important. But we're also going to challenge the Gates Foundation to actually fund the next step of this process. Yes. So when you think about the collaborative community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Initiative. There's a lot more that they Everything can do right here in their backyard. So we're gonna come back on that. It's gonna be another conversation. Again, we got some successes we want to cover. But okay. you guys are here. I got three ladies here, real quick. Who and she hey,
1: has to say you, something you got something you, gotta you gotta really do, got to right? say? I, mean, tw- I really We got, really, we got, we got right 12 it's, minutes left in the entire show. Yes. Go, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Um, where I was coming from when I said uh, that they just started. What I meant by that was. They were holding on to the funds and I'm talking about Who's they? they are the system. They are when we couldn't get hired or when we were focused and, on and your only staying and only and staying look, um, and okay, thank you. <laughs> and only staying um, okay. What I'm saying is we're now getting recognition or we're now getting funding that we weren't getting to make the differences that we're making now. They were shutting the doors to us when we were saying, hey, look, we need more black teachers. And they were sending them elsewhere or they wouldn't give them a chance to really acclimate themselves in the schools because they sent them to another school. I'm saying now Washington State is finally starting to funnel some funding into the concerns of the African-American people, parents. And students. Yes, That's ma'am. what I meant. Yes, yeah,
3: yes. She's yes, a product yes. of all of Seattle since born and raised. So she's coming from a born and raised uh, perspective.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And again, the, the, when you read the article, what, what paper was it in? The Seattle, on The Gap? Yes. In Seattle Times, um, it was in um, January uh, 12, 2018. Oh, that's the gap that they said for 40 years. 40, years, 40 years. years. and They, they, do, the and sa- they do the same analysis every year. But then so the s- year after was interesting. They talked about African-Americans in that article. And Harriet, the next year, they just talked about children of color. And I don't think they've mentioned African-American <laughs> as a distinct population <laughs> sense. That's they why wanted I to that's see that's if there was a the word big word outcry. So like, like they said, wanted to <laughs> see if there was a big outcry. It was a brutal article, and there wasn't. But I don't cry out. I just do. So when they look again in 2021, they'll do this article about this turnaround school that went from failure of African-Americans where they had 75% turnover of the staff and 40% expulsion of students, that now people are coming from across the world to see this excellent school that African-Americans have put together for their children.
0: Very exciting. And the other thing we talked about is as current president of the National Black MBA Association, we're doing some... Uh, transformation for the organization, bringing in new leadership team, bringing in new mentors and volunteers. There's a program that we have as a part of the National Black MBA Association called Leaders of Tomorrow. And we've already established a partnership with Rainier Valley Leadership Academy where we're bringing in mentors. We're asking anyone who has a, a gift, right, mm-hmm. in your career, professional mentors, we're going to b- bring you in and so help you to support this Leaders of Tomorrow program that we're going to be Launching right. as a part of Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. And I think I told you I got a hundred thousand dollars yes. scholarship funds yes. for this online ecosystem that we're gonna talk a little bit more about as well. Again, we got nine minutes left. Okay. We got so much more well, to I talk really, about. I'm definitely inviting the Gates Foundation here because again, they're
1: part of the solution. They've been okay. they've supported you Well, well now, they only under pressure and, and if we as black women because <laughs> if we said if we send anyone but clear-thinking black women, so it must be the older ones. Yes, yes. To Gates. <laughs> yes. Gates yes. has put money all over the world and has gone nowhere often. Clear-thinking. Absolutely. Sure. 100%. Elders. 100%. Legacy-making. Now, Absolutely. I want to say something. So, Reverend Dr. Harriet Walden and I, she'll tell you, she's talked to me every night for three years on a project so hard. It took, almost took my heart. I have a defibrillator now. My heart's fine now. To turn around a school mm-hmm. that the not white folks took and messed up, but black folks. Mm-hmm. That's why I put the word clear. You want to know clear thinking. Mm-hmm. For you whites, did. any warm black body will do. They don't <laughs> care whether the outcome <laughs> is good. They'll put, they put money out there all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just wasted. Mm-hmm. Solving the wrong problem. But they put two grandma, You're talking about elders, so we'll just claim the elderhood grandmothers who had a vision about education. And we turned a major failure and almost a critical loss. Mm-hmm. Black folks were just going to give a big asset to white folks. And Harriet went on the board, and then she brought me on the board, and it's something that I had been on the board before and helped build, but it was... And now we have... This is the end of it. We have the first place early learning center, mm-hmm. a premier... Pre-K for children run by blacks, mainly black women, our daughters. Mm. They govern it, they operate it, they teach it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was if you look up first place, in charge, just failure every day in the <laughs> paper, wasn't it, Harriet? They love to talk about the failure <laughs> of first place, and now it's a premier. That's what we can do. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing. That's what we can do. That's what we and are that's doing. That's what the we can. And our job. That's, that's our legacy that we passed on to the next right. generation. Because we don't even. Sh- I haven't been over in that building in a while. <laughs> no now we're way. on the other thing. Now yeah. we're doing our. Yeah. I love it. I
0: love it. Seven yeah. minutes left, lady and you okay. ladies. Has this not been the fastest hour of your life? I mean, oh device. my goodness! So dream. very exciting. And again, for those who are watching, this is an activation. This is a, a sharing of, of knowledge from our, our elders of distinction. But part of this is also to encourage each of you to activate, to be a part of this community.
1: Yes, everyone must.
0: To help us change things. So now, we got five minutes left. So, one of the topics that we wanted to talk about, and, and we're going to bring you back to talk about your husband, because I don't want to rush that conversation. I don't want to rush that marriage, that, that conversation of a marriage of 30 Eight. Eight years. You can talk about it briefly if you want, but I really think that's a conversation that we can yeah, really,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we, we can really yeah, get deeper on. So I'm going to bring you back specifically to talk about that relationship, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we said, since today is International Women's mm-hmm. Day, and we were going to talk about raising children, if any of you want to share your thoughts there. But you guys mentioned this term feminism versus womanism. Womanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about womanism? Which of you were going to describe? The
1: difference. I don't want to jump in.
3: Well, I think you you read it, but uh, I'll I'll paraphrase. Uh, womanism uh, is concerned about the whole family. I uh, I wanting also to uh, make sure that the children and the uh, and the man, the brother, the husband, uh, or, or the friend, are doing well. Uh, feminism, I uh, did not come from African American women. I mean, it came from other women. Uh, and uh, sometimes it was isolating uh, the man out of the picture. But for us, we're holistic. I mean, you know, when affirmative action came in, I was happy. I thought my husband would get the good job and I could get to stay home, but it didn't. It went for the women <laughs> who didn't look for me. I never did get my house with the white picket fence had to stay home because my but, husband didn't get the good job. So, so, so that's because, the main difference, and I'm going to let it be quiet so somebody else can have a comment on that piece. So oh, no, I'm going to let Don go ahead and
1: so speak on that. So I spend a lot of time in Kenya. Yes. And I've been to other African nations. I've been to Mali. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Nigeria over the years. I love Africa. And so the women in Africa are women. And so um, white women and Europeans had to fight to be a woman. And they call it feminism. You had to be female, which is a little bit different than womanness. Womanness feels so whole. And like I said, it does include community and your children and what you do. And um, so if you look that up, wh- and they do uh, prescribe that womanism has to do with, they'll call it women of color, we call it um, uh, global mm-hmm. majority. Mm-hmm. Because if, the thing about the color thing, woman of color, yes. then, if, then if I'm a woman of color, then the white woman is a woman in no color, and it doesn't sound <laughs> good to me. Right. This doesn't sound good to them right, right me. Right. So, so we're the, so w- woman the is global a, majority. Yes. So that's who, and because we've always lived that. Our men have always had a certain awe and respect for us that European cultures may not have had, or maybe it changed when it came to America. I don't know. I haven't been to European countries with European mm-hmm, women because mm-hmm. they might be women also. It might be an American thing, and so I'm not sure about right, that one. Right. But being a woman, I learned it from um, uh, okay, Alice perfect. Walker used the word, she's a womanist. And I kind of like, so I'm a woman. Alice Walker uh-huh. uses the word a womanist yeah, as opposed uh, a to womanist. a womanist. Yes, a womanist. It is more, more about family,
0: right. more about culture, more about community. Right. So we have two minutes left. Right. So we're going to ask you ladies to end with any final words of wisdom. We're just going to kind of go this way really quick on how do you live your best life? Any final words for someone who's watching? 30 seconds.
3: We'll start with you, Harriet. Oh well, my. You know, I would say just uh, come as you are, and then we're gonna love you up, and life is good, and uh, always, always bring your best.
2: I love it. I love it. And my words are live your passion, because in living your passion, you will feel uh, whole at the end of your life. I'm. I've lived my passion all my life. Been blessed to be able to live my passion and. It has made all the difference in the world. Mm,
1: I love it. And I live my life, and I own my life, and I don't let anyone else own it. It doesn't belong to anyone—my children, my husband, my mother, my father, anyone. And to um, uh, be a contributor, find your gift mm. and give from it, and believe that the divine creators promise that what you give is returned in abundance. And mm. experience that. I love that. And I'm
0: a perfect example of what you give we'll come back, right? This show is all about giving. It's all about bringing people together that that are bigger than me. This is how we end every show, ladies. We say, hands out. We say, it's bigger than me, baby. It's bigger Bigger than than me, me, (laughs) baby. (laughs)